Hey friends, welcome to episode 99 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift, and I want to warmly welcome you to the show today. I'm thankful that you're here, and I sometimes forget to ask, but if would you do me the honor of rating and reviewing Fierce Calling because it helps more people find the show. And you can do that wherever you listen to Fierce Calling. But I also want to remind that Fierce Calling is part of the Spark Network and can be heard on the Edify app. So you can download that app for free at the Apple or Google Play stores and listen to amazing Christian podcasts. And you can even rate and review Fierce Calling there. And today I have a treat for you. My friend Julie Lavender is on the show and we're talking about making moments that don't have to be monumental to be momentous. And isn't that a powerful statement? And what if we lived our lives making momentous moments that mattered? And we're, you know, we're a bunch of busy people and sometimes we forget, but it doesn't mean that we can't learn to slow down and savor every moment that God has blessed us with. So listen in, friend, because I know what Julie has to share will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Julie Lavender. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm excited today to welcome my friend, Julie Lavender. For one thing, I love her last name because, you know, who doesn't love Lavender, right? She is an author, a journalist, and she teaches at conferences for writers, which is amazing. And she is a former homeschool mom of 25 years, and she is also a grandmommy which we were talking about, or did I say that right, Julie? That's right. Grandmommy, yes. yes. And she has a master's in early childhood education, and she has also written for a lot of very well-known publications. We're going to talk about her new book, Children's Bible Stories for Bedtime, and why that is so important, and why you need to grab that book. And if you have grandkids in your life or young kids still in your life or friends or nieces or nephews, it's going to be good. So we're going to talk about that. And so welcome to the show, Julie. It's so great to have you on. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Wonderful. Well, I'm excited about this and I want to hear more about it because I started my ministry work in uh, children's ministry so, and I always volunteer at VBS. So I just have a heart for kids and, uh, you know, we have grandkids as well. So it's amazing. So if you could share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion and conviction intersect. Well, you know, I have loved kids since I was little. I always wanted to be a mommy. And I grew up in the church. My mom and my grandmother took me to church. My father professed to be a Christian. Um, Sometimes the actions didn't show that. He didn't go to church with us. And that was something that I was always very disappointed about. And we were a poor farming family. And so we didn't have a lot of books in the home. And we definitely didn't have children's Bibles in the home. And of course, I guess back in our day, there weren't as many children's Bibles available anyway, but um, I got to know and fall in love with Jesus at church when they took me to church. But, you know, we would talk about Jesus on Sunday mornings, and then we didn't talk a a whole lot about him much more after that. And so as my children, when I grew up, got married, we had our family, 
I was able to homeschool my children. I loved sharing Bible stories with them. In fact, I started collecting Bible stories when they were little, Bible story books, when they were little, and I probably have two dozen. And then much later into my writing career, um, this project fell into my lap from Penguin Random House, and I was thrilled to be able to add another children's Bible story book to my collection, and this one was going to be my own. And it's just my heart for children to fall in love with God, fall in love with Jesus at such an early age. You know, they're not going to get the the pastor's uh, deep meaning of the Bible story with each one of these we read when they're only four years old, but we help them to learn to fall in love with it. And they grow as they hear the story over and over again, then they internalize that message. But, but it's just my heart for children to fall in love with God's word. That is beautiful. And I do love how you brought out that oftentimes in families, it can be that way where Everything is Sunday is focused on God and we learn about Jesus. And then the rest of the week, we're just kind of like flailing or, you know, trying to figure everything out on our own, which I love that you're bringing out the importance of having this time during the week. It's like, you know, God every day kind of thing. And we need to really do that with our children, which is precious. And so you were a farming family. So what kind of farm were you on? Oh, and it was, I say we were a farming family. My father actually was a truck driver, but we had 80 acres of land that he leased out to farmers. So we had our own garden, but we didn't do the, what the, the true farming work, but he did mm-hmm. lease out the property. And uh, so he was a truck driver and my mom was a stay at home mom with us. So we didn't have a whole lot of funding going on there. And, and like I said, we didn't have a whole lot of books and, and I don't think I appreciated all that wonderful property at the time. And it was so funny because it was way out in the country when I was little. There was nothing surrounding us. I say way out in the country, probably only 10 minutes from town. It felt like it's out, it was out in the country. Well, then the mall moved out there right across the street from my father's pro- our property. And that's where the town grew up. And now the same property, you know, is just surrounded by the what what is more like the center of town now. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing how that happens where, and then we remember things differently too. You're right. Like sometimes we remember, oh yeah, it used to take us like five hours to get to grandma's house and it only took like 45 <laughs> minutes, you know? That's right. I made it sound like it was forever out and now I can get to town. I can get to my church, which is in downtown in like seven minutes, but it felt like it was forever when we were a little kid. Yeah. And anymore, I like everything close. I don't know what it is, but anymore, the older I get, I want everything close by. And thankfully, that is the case. But, you know, sometimes you, you don't have that. You have to travel a ways to get what you need. And, and then you just plan those trips out. Kind of like reminds me of Little House on the Prairie when they have to go into town for all their stuff. You know, Load once a month. And make sure they remember everything at one time because there's no yeah. turning around and going back the next day. Exactly. So, and I... I think it's so precious how you had shared that your mom and your grandmother brought you to church. It kind of reminded me of Eunice and Lois, you know, with Timothy and, you know, raising him with the word of God. And so I just love that so much. So you have also done journalism for newspapers, right? Right. That's right. Yes. I write for, I've written for newspapers as well as magazines. Uh, And that opportunity fell into my lap when we moved back 
to Statesboro. That's our home. My husband was in the military for 20 years. And then when we came back here, I had been doing some writing for a friend. We were doing children's, we were taking current event stories and putting them in children's language. And that was for the Denver Post. And because there was a little section called Real News for Real Kids. Uh, and I had met her through another writing project. I love how God just ordains and helps us meet these people. So I had met her through another writing project. She asked me to come on board with her. Well, that gave me newspaper writing experience. So when I came back here, the editor, my mother-in-law knew him. He was looking for columnists. So I started writing a column on families. And then I think he recognized my faith in the, in the columns that I was writing once a month. And he asked me what I write he called them faith-based news stories. And he said, I really don't know how much I can pay you. I only need them about once every six weeks. Will you be able to do that? Well, I was just so excited. We're, we're, still, looking, we're still able to talk about God in my newspaper, thank goodness. But they don't talk about it that often. And we certainly don't just do a lot of faith-based articles. So I was just so excited. I didn't care what he paid. I was excited to get these articles out there. Well, I only wrote a couple, maybe only one or two. And he called back and said, I'll take these anytime you get them to me. Just send them in as many as you can get me. It was these great stories, inspiring stories about people in our community. It was great things the people in the church were doing, some of the churches were doing. And you know what? It just gave such a great balance for all the craziness that was going on in the world. And I think people really, they just resonated with people. So after a while, it was not this just once every six weeks. It was get them to me as many as you can and I'll publish them. So I loved my newspaper writing. I still enjoy it. Praise God for that. Isn't, isn't that so true that he could see that people were hungry for hope and for these stories of inspiration and encouragement? And so I love that. And I also, it's so cool how you keep saying dropped in your lap because I just, I'm, I'm picturing like these things falling from heaven into your lap, (laughs) that God's just like dropping them in there. (laughs) That's right. Because I know they come from him. I Mm. I laugh a lot about my writing. I say, um, you know, I have an education degree. And so it makes it so easy for me to give all God, all the credit. I have no training in writing whatsoever. And, but I'd always loved children's books while I was teaching. So it's like, you put a little niggling thought in my head about being a writer. And I thought I was going to write children's books. So then I started researching the market. And next thing you know, I was writing, you know, just Christian material. And it's just so cool how God does those things. I, I can, I love looking back and tracing how he led me to this person or to this conference where I met this person. My mother-in-law just happened to serve on some kind of committee where she knew they needed columnists. And that's how I got started there. And then I started writing, you know, he's so cool like that. God is so good like that. He is, he does, he puts people together and he just does things just like the scriptures say that he, it's like exceedingly abundantly above. That's my favorite. Imagine or ask or think, you know, it's so powerful how he does that when we know it's undeniably him because we look back and go, now, how did I meet that person? You know, it's so, so funny that that happens that way. And it is precious that he does that. And so for the woman who's listening right now, Looking back on the things in their life, you know, the woman that's listening, to think about when you going through a hard season or having just needing someone that day for a good encouraging word and how God has put people in our lives. So people, no matter what industry we're in or what ministry we're in, 
he does that for his kids and he uses both those who are believers and people who aren't even believers, but they see something and they know that it's something that is needed and they recognize that. So that's so cool. I think so too. And I think he's amazing like that. And, and sometimes if we're looking for that person to maybe encourage us, like when I was homeschooling, you know, I was home with the kids a lot. And there were times that, you know, I felt like, gee, I need some encouragement right now. But I was so busy with the kids that nobody was around. We were in the military, we were far away. And then there were a couple of times I would kind of have a pity party. I was like, where's that person that can encourage me? And then I said, well, you know what? Maybe I'm supposed to be that person. Mm -hmm. So then that might be the day that I might reach out to call my pastor's wife that we were good friends or a high school girlfriend. And the thing is, I might've encouraged them, but they wound up encouraging me. So sometimes I needed to take that step and just think, you know, sometimes I'm sitting around, like I said, feeling sorry for myself and wanting God to do something. Then I thought, you know, maybe I'm the one supposed to be doing something right now. But uh, but I love how God does that. He he provides for us. He takes care of us like that. He knows what we need before we need it. Amen. So good you said that because it's true. Sometimes we can be waiting for something that God's going to do in our life for us to receive when we can turn around and be the one who gives and so, and that's, that's a blessing as well. So I love that you brought that out because it will make us think, you know, who, who can I be a blessing today too? And in turn, we're blessed by it too. So it's just usually more so I usually yeah. feel like I'm blessed way more so than what I intended to do for somebody. I feel like I receive a bigger blessing. I love that so much. So this book that you have, that is so important. Children's Bible stories for bedtime. What do you think makes this book a little different than maybe some of the other Bible story Bibles or books that we've seen, Julie? Because I know you've put your unique spin that God has given you. So what would you say that would be? (laughs) Well, and my uh, publisher um, did ask, they wanted it lighthearted because there were bedtime stories. Mm -hmm. So they asked me to be sure to include some humor. So I think there is, I tried to put a little bit of humor in there. Now, some of the stories are kind of hard to tell and it's kind of hard to find. I mean, it's just what happened. It's it's history, but it was kind of hard to find some humor in there. So I, I, some of them may not have as much humor as the others, but um, I think one of the, the really fun parts about it is at the end of each Bible story, there are four, usually three or four questions, reflection, something to think about. You know, it might be that the the mom or dad, after if it's been a long day, maybe all they can do right now is try to think about now what am I supposed to do for supper tomorrow night or dinner? Or what what meeting do I have? And so the questions, if they can't think exactly what they want to talk about, the questions are right there. And even if they do want to be creative and ask their own, hopefully those reflection questions will lead them into something they want to talk about. And then there's a prayer at the end as well. And there's a theme that runs through the book of God is always with us, no matter what, God is always with us. God is so big and he loves us so much. He never leaves us. He's always with us. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. God is always with us. No matter what, God is always with us. God is so big and he loves us so much. He never leaves us. He's always with us. And, you know, I hint from the 
from the very beginning, our need for a savior and our need for, you know, Jesus is in the very beginning, even though we might not necessarily call his name there, but the, the message that, that we needed a savior from the very first Bible story from creation, Adam and Eve, you know? And so, so mostly that theme of, of God being with the kids always and forever, they can always turn to him. What a great resource too. Like you were saying, cause sometimes parents can be really worn out. <laughs> you know, There's so much going on and whether a mom might homeschool or work, there's always crazy schedules because there's other extracurricular activities and sports and things like that. And being able to just look at these reflection questions that they can present to their kids after they read the story and go over it with them and see what the child got out of it too. And it just seems like right before bed, that would be just such a peaceful, refreshing time to spend like intentional time. Right, Julie? Right. And, and we hope that, um, I say we, my publisher and I, we, we want them to, you know, go to sleep thinking of God, connecting with God, recognizing that God's with them all during the day, but even while they sleep, he never leaves them. And just bringing God into their minds right before they fall asleep. And we just hope that they just feel just wrapped in God's love and comforted as they fall asleep. And my speaking of the reflection questions, I have a friend, she has uh, grand twins, and she said um, what she plans to do, because I think there's three, like I said, three or four questions for each one. She said she just knows they're going to ask to read the stories over and over again. She said she wants to like concentrate on one question in the reflection with each reading. And then she said she'll go through and read and then ask the next question, just really dive into each one of those. So I think parents can get creative with it. I think they can enjoy falling in love with these stories as well. You know, sometimes there, there's something relaxed. Like I said, I just love reading children's Bibles, yeah. uh, Bible stories when I don't want to. Yes, I want that deep message, of course. But I sometimes just love just reading th- those Bible stories and they're simplistic, but they are so profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they stick with you. And sometimes we take for granted that every adult knows these stories and I find that that's not the case because if they weren't raised in the church, if they weren't brought up that way, they haven't heard some of these amazing that's stories right. like Joshua and, you know, all of these things. So have you run into that too where, um, you know, the adults are really gleaning yes. from it as well? And I, I have run into that. And I have a couple of friends that were telling me that they, uh, you know, they've been in church a lot of the time that they've been an adult, but there are a lot of churches that um, if they have not had the chance or opportunity to have some in-depth Bible study, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can have an amazing sermon, but it might be an application on a particular verse or something, and it still might not go real deep into the stories. And so I have uh, come across that, that some of them said, you know, that they've enjoyed it as much as with their kids because they're they're relearning those stories or maybe even hearing some of them for the first time. Uh, I tried to do a some that's not always covered the story about Naaman with the leprosy. I told the story more from the servant girl's point of view because she's the one that encouraged him. She said, go, go to my country and you'll find a man of God there and he can help you. And I, I hope that that encourages the children to know, you know, I don't have to be an adult to do something big for God. I can do big things for God, even as a child. 
That's really good, too, because bringing out characters that we might not focus as much on. You know, when you think of it, it's like they're real people, but sometimes we can think of it as like a lead character and then a supporting character. Right. That's not true. They're all important in God's economy and God's kingdom and in what he wants to share with us. So that is so good for especially a child to see how a child can make a difference. They have just a big calling at their young ages as an adult because they can be salt and light to their friends and whatever God's calling them to do, right? That's right. That's right. And I want them to think that way, you know, start thinking like that as a kid. How can they help someone else? How can they serve the Lord with uh, just everyday life? Yeah. And it's so important because what you were talking about earlier, how you and your publisher wanted this to be something where children would go to bed with God on their mind and on their heart. Because this day and age, and I know it's probably been this way for for many years, but it just seems like lately kids are up against a lot of things and very confused, and there's a lot of strife and stress, and they hear their parents talking about crazy things going on in the world. And so that is so needed because even little ones, we don't realize they can – become so anxious and it might come out in different ways you know it's kind of a scary world now and I've often said I said well I bet my grandmother said the same thing and her mother said the same thing you know but gosh it's just it's tough for little children right now and they do have more access there's something uh, they can hear uh, the news or or something their parents are worried about they just have more access to these things and and hopefully this will take their mind off of some of those things and, and just know that God is sovereign. God is in control. God is big and he's going to take care of them. And, and, and that's my thought. I mean, my goodness, I need that when I close my eyes and try to go to sleep at night, you know, because I start rehashing what's going on in the world. And, and sometimes I need to calm my spirit and think back to those stories that I might've just read to my grandson that night. Yeah, that is great. And I love that so much. So When you were raising your kids and doing the Bible studies with them, was it a similar format that you did or how did you choose We would do different things according to their their age, but because I loved all those children's Bible story books, we would read them. And I I was blessed to be able to do that during my homeschooling. So we would, that was always part of our day. We would start off with Bible story and then we had our own places to go to have our quiet time. And the little ones, you know, could do now if I had a baby, I was still taking care of the baby. But the little ones, their quiet time might last a few minutes. And I had told them something else they could do. The older ones, their quiet time would would take a little longer. But we loved sharing these Bible stories and they felt the same way. There were many that. You know, there's some that um, that aren't preached on and, you know, and then there's some that, you know, I'm like, I'm not even sure what the lesson is on this and why that one's even included in the Bible. But, you know, I would tell the children, I said, you know, that's that's not the important part. God had it in the Bible for a reason. And so it's there for a reason. And we're going to read it. But, you know, one of them was the story of Absalom and David which, you know, is such a tragic story, but it's the one where he's, um, you know, where he's, I I think he's on a horse, but he's going through the woods. He's being chased by some of the soldiers and he comes to his demise because his hair gets hung in the, in the limbs in there, you know, Mm. well, you know, we, we talked about the meaning of it and we talked about the spiritual aspect of it, but then they, 
they, they kind of snickered a little bit about it. I said, now, what can we learn from this? And, you know, the boys would say, well, never have long hair if you're going to go riding through the forest. <laughs> and right. they made a few little jokes about it, but they internalized those stories and they remember those Bible stories, even though they didn't talk about that in Sunday school as a kid, even though our pastor that I know of has never preached on that before. They learned certain lessons from that and they had ownership of it. And they just, there were really certain stories that just stuck out to them. And, you know, they've been able to keep up with their Bible study. They still love it. They love serving the Lord. They have all enjoyed mission trips at different times, either with our church or with college ministry. And I think just putting God's word in their heart at such an early age, I just really want to feel like that it has blessed them in so many ways. Sounds like it just grounded them so well. And I love too how you brought up the fact that sometimes, I mean, not all the Bible is pretty. No. And I love how God included all of that so that we can see the brokenness and it seems more applicable to our lives and how we can apply it and what we can learn from that. But I really love that you weren't afraid to show those important parts of the Bible as well. And, and I also wasn't afraid to say, you know, guys, I don't completely understand this. I don't know what all message God wants us to get from this. There are hard things in life that we don't understand and we may never understand, but Mm -hmm. I don't have to have all the answers. And I could say, this is where my faith comes in. I don't have to have all these answers, but I'm going to love and treasure God's word. Even if I don't understand every single bit of it, then, you know, one of these days I will. And, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm hopefully we're just going to understand it all. Or at that point, not feel like we need to, you know, that might be unimportant because we're in the presence of Jesus anyway. But, you know, it was okay for me because I didn't want them to struggle if they read a passage and thought, oh, I don't understand that. I didn't want them to question their faith because of it. I said, well, that's when we just have to trust. That's when we have to trust the Lord if we don't understand this part. That's golden right there. And that's going to encourage our listener because there might be someone out there who's feeling called to even lead a Bible study for adults. And one of the things that hinders people is I can't lead a Bible study because I don't know everything. And it's like, none of us know everything. And so it's okay to say, I don't understand it either. Maybe we can unpack this together and, you know, and just trust that God has a purpose for this particular reason, you know, that this is in the Bible. So that is so good, Julie. I know that will encourage because it's, it's just like, no matter how old or young we are, God wants to teach us and we're sanctified day by day. So we are, we are still growing in Christ. (laughs) I I love learning. I love learning new stuff uh, from the Lord every day. Well, that certainly shows and it comes out in your ministry and in your writing which you never aspire to do which I love hearing those stories too because so many of my guests have said I'm doing something I never aspired to do but God but God right (laughs) that's all we have to know is those two words but God and here here he is opening doors that no man can open you know that we would never have access to on our own and so he makes a way when there seemingly is no way you know his word says that so i love that so much and so if you could share a little bit about how the listener can connect with you and find the books that you've written because you 
If you want to also mention um, some of the other things that you've written too, which I think is really amazing. Well, I do have another book. It's called 365 Ways to Love Your Child, Turning Little Moments into Lasting Memories. And that was just such a fun book to write. Uh, I pulled out a lot of the things that we did when my children were younger and I was homeschooling them and just a lot of fun ways to show children how we love them in little small ways. You know, I, I think I when I first started writing that, I thought about, you know, that the moments don't have to be monumental to be um, momentous to us because we love making these memories with children, just even some of the small things that they add up to huge memories of showing love and showing our kids that love gives them a glimpse of the Heavenly Father's love. So that that was a real, real special project for me. Um, Those are my two most recent books. I have a homeschooling devotional, but I wrote it quite a long time ago, and I think it's uh, in in limited supply these days, but but I do have those two projects. I would love to connect on social media. Uh, I have a Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I'm probably on Facebook mostly. I have a website, julielavenderwrites.com, and I would just I love connecting with writers, with parents, with families, with moms, with homeschooling families. I really do enjoy talking anything that has to do with families. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And you have a beautiful website with, because you've got lots of lavender on your website. You you mentioned my name at the beginning. Okay. So Mm -hmm. my maiden name was Bland, B-L-A-N-D. And uh-huh. so I always tell people, and my husband loves when I tell this story, I, I say I went from dull to colorful when I got married. So <laughs> because I had to grow up with the last name of Bland, which until I was like in fourth or fifth grade, I just thought that was the last name. I had no idea that I think we had it on a vocabulary test and I had to learn <laughs> that it meant dull and, you know, boring. And I was like, well, this is horrible. So so when I acquired the last name of Lavender, now I love mm-hmm. everything purple. I love everything, uh, the lavender herb, lavender scents. <laughs> I, I do love it. So so I had to put a lot of lavender on my website. Oh, it's so beautiful. And it's just serene and, you know, it smells so amazing. Breathtaking. Yes. So it's very calming. You know, it's used to be very calming. And so it just matches perfectly with your ministry and your personality. So I love that so much. And I'll be sure to put those links in the show notes so our listener can find you. Thank you so much. And thank you. And this has been so wonderful. And I was so blessed to connect with you. Just like you said, God connects us. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. I have just had a blast. It has been wonderful chatting with you. Yes, I enjoyed it so much. And we will talk soon. I hope to have you on again. Thank you. I hope to be back again. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening today. Wasn't that episode so fun and just chock full of great nuggets of truth from Julie. And you know how I always love to share some of my favorite quotes from the show. One of them I'm going to read to you right here where Julie said, we need a savior from the very first Bible study from creation. Amen to that, right? And Julie also said, this is where my faith comes in. I don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to have all the answers. Isn't that refreshing? Because some things we won't know this side of heaven, but there are ways that we can research together and unpack things together like we talked about in the show. So friend, don't let that stop you. If God is calling you to maybe lead a Bible study or a small group in your home, 
don't let it stop you that you feel like you're not equipped enough because God will equip you and we don't have to have all the answers, remember? So yeah, you can check out Julie's site and I have the links in the show notes for her website, julielavenderwrites.com and the books that we talked about. And I would love to connect with you too. I would love to talk with you about speaking at your next women's event. And you can check that out at doraswift.com or at womenspeakers.com and look for me there. And I hope you join me next time, the 100th episode. Until then, friend, have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon.